0: Like, hey, I'm looking for a nice, sweet lady who likes romantic walks and just wants to get to know me.
1: Good morning, and welcome to Downloadable Coffee Dallas. I'm your host, Rebecca and joining me today is
0: Trey Hodge and Daniel Shea. This
1: podcast is where we recap the game events happening around the DFW area and beyond as well as look back at the topics that took over the VGOCC last work last last work wow last week yes Trey you can clean all this up <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> nailed it we'll fix uh, <laughs> this last Don't even think about it just like, like, we're just set up let's go we uh, leave some because so there's a couple things. <laughs> so there's a couple things to talk about before we fully get into the podcast. One, welcome back Michael, but he's not here. Just yes, he'll pop up when he's ready. Uh, but also, congratulations to him. Uh, he recently got engaged, so that was so that's super exciting for him. Uh, and we also have a new host. Unfortunately, Eric is not able to continue being with us anymore. He's being awesome at Bethesda and has to dedicate his time there. So we we uh, we drafted somebody out of the club who's been here a couple times already. So Daniel, it's been awesome. It's been great having him on, and we just decided to make him a permanent host now. So welcome, Daniel. Which means Hi. Eventually, you'll get to start doing the good mornings as well. All right um so can we have like
0: a secret handshake or high five or
1: <laughs> has, like, yeah, like nobody sees this is a visual pocket
0: you okay. <laughs> okay. can just imagine how <laughs> awesome that
1: it is we should we show up at the like friday group and that is like what we do <laughs> okay uh so there wasn't a lot of events that have been happening we're getting down towards the holiday month so that means a lot of things start slowing down in the area but we still had the game Dev drink up on Thursday, and on Monday oh, uh, well, I guess we're going into the recap now. yay
2: recap.
1: And, and then on Monday we had the microtalk, so I managed to make it. Ha! I managed you to did. make it. yes. And they, uh, for those of
0: you who are listening, I've shamed her like twelve times for not coming to to D
1: sup events and hanging out with me. Ah, oh, jeez. But she came to the micro talks. I did make it to the micro talks. Micro talks is one of my favorites. That's when that everybody that's in the in the area just brings topics that that have been on their mind or something that they want to share. So speaking of which, so the first of the talks that they had was skin tones. This was a lady. Uh, a a black lady, she was talking about how she was very frustrated about the skin tones in the games, and she wanted there to be way more diversity in it. So she came up with a formula to make more diverse skin tones by using makeup, a very specific kinds of makeup palette, but I can't remember what it is off the top of my head, but that's what she used in order to create her algorithm to make more skin tones. So that was really cool. She was giving a, a breakdown into that Then we had one of our members speak. We call him now Lawyer Tyler, because we have too many Tylers in the area. So Tyler did intro to legal for indie devs. We really encouraged him to do this because he wants to start helping indie devs in the area really get or really start to understand and protect their intellectual property. Um, So he gave some breakdowns on like risk factors and when to spend money and when when it's okay to kind of not spend it. So he did a really great job in in putting it in sort of a language that the developers would understand. He pretty much made a really bad, but it was close enough program program using like a C++ yeah, program in, in order to show them how risk risk aversion helps. Then there was designing puzzle levels. This was done by the guy who made Circuit Boy jonathan holmes if there's anybody who should be talking about puzzle designs it should be him since his entire game is built off of that and he went into a couple of good interesting different types of puzzles and the and like the setbacks for some of them so like for some environmental puzzles he was saying that it's not always intuitive that they that by trying to have the player explore they sometimes leave it too open the player gets stuck real easy he cited some levels in zelda So cool. Adventures into weapon design. This is the one that you like, Daniel. It was Joel's, not our Joel, the different Joel. Joel Christensen. Yeah, Joel Christensen, who is helping a guy kind of beef up his design portfolio, his game design portfolio. So he was showing off some of the interesting things that happen in the process of developing a weapon and it's pretty funny it's
0: a homing whip <laughs> yeah a, that is pretty sweet that's awesome <laughs> yeah
1: uh, they, after that they had data-oriented design so there's object-oriented programming and then there's data-oriented pr- programming and it is the two of them use your system differently and that's about as much as i can tell you <laughs> Because he just gave a high level view of it.
0: He was very very excited about that.
1: Yeah, he yeah, he was very excited. So he gave a high level view of it and wanted as an encouragement for other people to kind of go out there and learn of, learn more about it. And it's honestly, if it if people go out there and if systems come out that really take advantage of the data oriented design, then or the DOD. <laughs> the dod. The dod. If they take care, sounds uh, like a cult meter. <laughs> <laughs> like, if they uh, the dot, <laughs> uh, games will only sort of improve, and I think things like
0: multi-threading.
1: Yeah, is multi-threading so the Threading. idea is like if you have one bullet, you just kind of it's the program just goes bullet one, bullet two, bullet three, right? But with orient and to data-oriented, it could break it up into like here's all of them, but still be able to put them all at the same time instead of one at a time. And that saves a little on the system. And that's a really bad version of it. So there you go. Then we also had improving boss AI in RPG. The only thing about this talk was he wasn't really talking about how to improve boss AI as he was talking about the system design that they use versus player and and villains. And it's interesting, but I don't know. He kind of got a little too into his own game. And it was just more like a game pitch about his his stuff, not really going into how you're going to improve on the AI. Seemed like
0: a nice guy, but (laughs) yeah, it was a sales pitch.
1: Yes, it's very much a sales pitch. Then we had what is easing that was just Storm making things stretch.
3: (laughs) What is (laughs) easing?
1: Yeah,
0: it's... Yeah, he was talking specifically about uh, like UI kind of stuff in games. Um, The examples he gave was like a dot that, when you interact with it, it like moves to a different part of the screen. And he said, like, you know, a poor design would be just the location instantly changes from one corner of the screen to the other corner of the screen. You don't looking at that, you don't necessarily know if that's the same dot or if the old dot died and the new dot was born. Um, so then he walked through how to like make it more intuitive to the to the player. You can have it like. You know move across and then you can have it move across like and kind of slow down as it approaches the end and then you can take it even further and have it do like a like a bouncy thing when it gets to the edge of the screen just to add like a little bit of flourish and he walked through several examples of of adding animations and transitions to improve ui mm-hmm. it, was, it was neat
1: yeah and then there was the impromptu talk by me like i showed up and said uh, when are you guys going to do your next Micro Talks? And they said, not until the spring. And I said, that's not good enough for me. So I jumped up there. <laughs> <laughs> I crashed the Micro Talks. And I tried to give three, spe- essentially because I did it so late, uh, because I, it was very impromptu. I was improv the entire time. And I had three ideas I wanted to get across, and got them kind of across all at the same time. And it was just apparently a glorious mess for everybody else. So I'm glad they all enjoyed it. But the, the talk that I was trying to give is three things, uh, kind of more two things. How game design and marketing actually have the same sort of flow to it based on how you try to manipulate the player and how you try to, how you, uh, maybe not manipulate is the best way of saying, <laughs> how you try to encourage the player to move through the game is around the same way that you encourage a customer to kind of purchase a product. Right. And so there's a lot of things on there. um, And I wanted to talk about that. And then I also wanted to talk about how my pursuit of game design also helped influence and make it so that I could run the company that I currently work at. Essentially, I have to be able to talk to everybody, meaning I have to be able to talk to game, to uh, programmers and artists. And my pursuit all the way through, I learned a little bit of everything in order to get there. And that's why I was like, don't feel dumb, like Trey. When we talked, I was I like, feel don't, don't feel yeah. dumb trying yeah. to tell me <laughs> like, things about audio. I've dealt with a little bit of audio, so I have, I have a tiny bit of knowledge. And so you don't have to dumb yourself down too much. And that's always my goal, don't dumb yourself down. And so those were some of the things that I was trying to share, is that you need to know a little bit of everything because it, uh, it extends your career and allows you to work with teams much better. Um, so that was something that I that I was trying to get across. I thought I got it somewhat okay, but I'm gonna do better next time. And that is uh that was everything <laughs> that happened last week. Yeah, so here's what's coming up. Yeah. Upcoming, upcoming events. events. Upcoming events, events. upcoming, upcoming, events. Events. Uh, upcoming, upcoming events. events. Upcoming events. Upcoming The only thing coming up this week. Is Industry Giants. I believe it's Industry Giants. Is this is it coming up? Is it 22nd this week? 22nd this week. It is. So Industry Giants is on Saturday. Sweet. <laughs> We're going to be there. We'll be there. Ah, so excited. Yay. They got a bunch of amazing top speakers that they're gonna have, some really cool keynotes. On Friday, they actually have a um, kind of an introduction to, to Industry Giants. There's, uh, so if you're looking at for where to go find in information, industrygiants.org is the one to do, or a bunch of short guys group has all that information there for you, too. Some of the speakers that they are going to have is Mike Maxey, Brian Lois, Brian Godwin. I guess I should really say what these people are, huh? So author of Force Figure drawing book is Mike Maxey. Richard Loyes is a concept artist at Naughty Dog. Oh, I'm super excited about that. Brian Godwin is CEO and senior VFX supervisor, Shade VFX. David Igo is an art director. And these are only a few of them. There's not a whole, whole like, the, you want the full list, you got to go to go check out some of their stuff because that's where they've been putting it. Um, and then, yes, they have a pre-event, a live interview with Stephen Montaneri. Friday, from 7.30 to 9 p.m. Where that's at, they don't put. So I'm guessing.
0: You should make it up. You something. just show up somewhere and maybe it'll be there. <laughs> uh,
1: and the Industry Giants itself is going to be at Gillies, Dallas. So that is what's coming up. So let's go ahead and get into the recap. recap. I thought Michael would show up by now. I'm not even going to lie. I thought he would show up by now but he hasn't yet. guy down here if he wants to come You, <laughs> you wanna want
0: be Michael for us? <laughs> hey, it works. That was magical.
2: You've got the gift. I would like a million
1: dollars. Hold on, I hear a door. Yeah. Hopefully. You know, I would... <laughs> hey, hello. we are just getting into the recap. Uh, Welcome, Michael. Hello. Welcome back from Europe. Yeah.
2: How's it going? <laughs> well, uh, I guess I just interrupted this.
1: The, uh, no, we're just, we're literally just getting into the recap. But all before right. we can go into the recap, reta- I'm more than happy to go, congratulations and welcome back. You've been away for like three weeks and you have news. Yes, I got engaged. All
2: that. Yay. So, ooh.
1: Yay, you, awesome.
0: Now, you proposed and got proposed to
2: is my understanding. Yes, that. <laughs> that is true.
0: Uh,
1: <laughs> no yeah, please tell me we
2: were, we were both uh, we were both planning to propose during the trip she didn't know where she was going to do it i had been planning to do it in scotland for a long time so i did it on the cliffs over overlooking the ocean with the very like northern peak of, of the scottish isle and all that and then uh she's like
1: you stole the moment from me i was gonna do it in, in Italy." can i just say how amazing that is that a lady was like i'm gonna propose to him and he's gonna be because you don't really hear a whole lot about it. You know it happens. You just don't hear a whole lot about it. Because I feel like guys get more and more grandiose as they go along. Which, oddly enough, that's going to be one of our one of our topics, actually, in the recap. Okay. So, uh, so I'm, really, I'm really happy and excited to hear that she was, like, fully ready to be like, you're mine. <laughs> like, like, way more so than, like, we've been dating for a few years. She was like, no, nah, we're lifers. Well, if you've met Avery,
2: you know that she's like an eight-foot monster. Right? Oh yeah, so I'm basically her trophy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, it was great. We saw her once, and uh, she's like draped over Michael, <laughs> who's like trying to carry her out of the place. <laughs> oh yeah. She was really <laughs> yeah. She was, she was having a great time. <laughs> she was out of control. <laughs> they do. They do. Actually, at those last up, I didn't get to stay for very long, but I got to see Eric, and that's when. I learned that he was not able to come back to the podcast yeah so he he's he's really he wishes us the best of luck and we wish him the best of luck and then when I was leaving it was around the time you were walking in and everybody just went crazy yeah we walked <laughs> into
2: the whole like the whole bar at the front was just like and we're like, oh god let me hand the guy my ID
1: <laughs> so awesome well congratulations and welcome back Thank Alrighty, righty and our new host welcome okay so, going into the recap. Hey, <laughs> <Trey>, what's up?
2: <laughs> no, out? I want to hear about Trey. Yeah. Well, Ooh. no,
1: Trey's after the recap. I've a <laughs> <I've been> regular. <laughs> I've into a time slot. Don't, <laughs> don't mess with my show notes. I've set this up. You're right, supposed right. to be here much earlier. We're
2: all over the place I now. <laughs> I couldn't find my shoes for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I drove three and a half hours. This morning? Oh, yeah, so yeah. and he was the first one here. Oh, <laughs> that bad <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's good. That's good. all right the recap.
2: recap all right all
1: right so there wasn't there wasn't a whole lot that we actually talked about or if there was not a whole lot of it made it into the discord which is where we pull a lot of our news that we discussed over the week uh one of the things that we did talk about uh was riot again there's a whole lot of things so there's just like continuous fallout from the announcement of um of Kataku. Pretty much breaking <laughs> open the, the box and saying, Look what's inside, it's not very pretty.
4: Uh, <laughs>
1: the yeah, the big article, which, so I'm just gonna go real quick recap on that is, um, Wright gets exposed for having a sexist culture and the difficulties of women being a, in their thing. Some women don't feel that way, but that's okay because it, it's happening in <laughs> this kind of thing. They try to make it up by going, by creating a panel and a couple of things specifically for women and uh, non binary people, excluding men wasn't okay. People got upset. Two devs hopped into the hopped into Twitter to try and to fund the thing, called their players man babies and were promptly fired afterwards. So that's everything that oh. has happened since then.
2: More has progressed. Yes. All right.
1: Now, now and this is kind of going to be like the little bow on it, um, and we're just going to send it off on its way because this topic has been discussed more than enough. But now in pros- in part of trying to their culture is the best way of saying that one they've hired a former uber uber, uber exec so for those of you that don't know a couple years ago uber also got outed for having a really sexist culture but also a very uh cutthroat meaning leadership was trying to undermine other leadership so on and so forth so they hired this lady to come in and and pretty much reinvent their culture for them she has since left them. She said it took her nine months to fix the culture at Uber, and she plans to do the same with Riot. So she reached out to Riot. Riot didn't reach out to her, and that's kind of where we're going to leave that one. Uh, so it's going to be kind of, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of on the fence. I like that they're trying to get better, but it's kind of too late. This is this is very. It's kind of pervasive kind of thing, and. For it to really work, and I, get, I give props to this lady if she's able to pull it off, for it to really work, you have to change the mentality of leadership. It starts from the top down, right, not the bottom up. And the top down is what's the problem. If she can't help the top kind of figure themselves out, I, I don't know, she's not going to, like, Uber, Uber, right, it's not going to see a whole lot of turnaround. And even still, with Uber, you still hear a lot of issues that come out of it because the, bo- the bottom is still yeah. kind of... Creating that culture that they've that's been my trying. My question: to get away. Do you think she can fix the player culture? <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing. the The answer is no dang. on that one for sure. Uh, and that comes down more to the companies themselves and how they promote and and build their own cultures. If they are okay with their with their player player base being toxic, which it sounds like Riot was, then you're not going to see a huge change. But it, in cases that we've seen, like we've talked about it before. Some some companies have installed or put, put in place community managers who go in and, and actively try to remove the toxicity out of the cold, out of out of the place. Okay. okay, so
2: I want to be fair to Riot here. I don't mm-hmm. think that it's it's fair to say that they've uh, that they wanted this toxic culture mm-hmm. in their community. There. They have taken uh, more than a number of developers. They've taken numerous steps to. Um, add systems to their game to reduce that toxicity, mm-hmm. right? Like, if, if you've got numerous cases of, in, of like, racial slurs and, and negative words in chat and stuff like that, uh, you can get your account banned, you know? Things like that. They, they are making strides. They're trying to make strides to improve that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm also curious... Uh, I'm, I'm curious if this woman can fix their culture.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: What is that title? Like, Culture Specialist? And this must be a very lucrative push, time for her.
1: So to, to kind of push this out as well, it's not like a full job. It's one of those, like she's she's an outside consultant. Okay. Really is is the best best description for her. She's an outside consultant who has put together a program to help build positive leadership. I think is the somebody is,
0: sick her on the government. Okay.
1: <laughs> So she And she, her actual job is she's a Harvard professor. So take that as you will. <laughs> okay, so moving on from that, I think that's kind of, kind of going to be the last time that we touch on it here in the podcast. At least the club really likes to discuss these kinds of things. So unless there's a major change, I don't know if we'll bring it back onto the podcast, but we're kind of going to leave that one right there. Speaking of proposals, speaking of proposals, there was a guy who tried to propose to his girlfriend in Spider-Man. Oh, I heard about
2: that.
1: Yes. Now, (laughs) there's a whole lot to unpack there. Uh, People using video games to propose has sort of been this new thing. I want to say that it was started by Claptrap, the guy who contacted Borderlands. Like He found his wife, his girlfriend, now wife, through Borderlands, playing online Borderlands, and then so... Got to pro- manage to. Portal two. Yeah. Years back as well. Yeah, I think there's, there's been numerous games. Yeah, there. so there's yeah. been a there's been a several, but I, mine one of the ones that I remember the most is the is the one done by Gearbox for yeah, for this guy. Great. So Spider Man. So the guy contacts Insomniac, right? Yeah. Sorry, so, uh, Insomniac. We forget forget companies? Man, uh, Insomniac to try and get an Easter egg put in the game for his girlfriend to propose to her. Well. She breaks up with him, and he makes a big deal about it. And everybody's like, "Oh, what was him?" Well, there's two sides of there's always two sides to a story in this case. So she comes out and says, "I'm not a video gamer. I wouldn't have even known this was there. It's more for him. And I broke up with him because we just had a lot of problems. There was a lot of problems." Yeah. Uh, Wasn't he
0: trying to say that she left him for his brother? Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah, he left her. And the thing was, she said, no, I didn't. I'm not dating anybody. I'm single. I talked to the brother because I needed some help. Like, I wasn't sure how to deal with her boyfriend at the time, her ex, now ex. And some of the things that she cited is is things that I hear a lot from, from women on, like, why they don't go for younger guys is because they're man babies kind of thing. And that's what she was calling him. She was saying... He, she was like, I was more his caretaker than I was his girlfriend. Like, I'm not your mother. I'm not supposed to clean up your space. We're two adult people living in a space. We should be able to like work together in this. But yeah, she, yeah. she didn't feel like that was the case. She, she broke up with him. As since then, Insomniac is going is said they were going to put out a patch that would take out that in, that proposal and put something in there up for, like, his grandmother or some grandparent or somebody. Yeah, I actually found light. it
2: in the game. It's on a movie theater. Like, the, the movie theater signposting said, marry me, so-and-so. <laughs> wow. So, yeah. It really is the saddest proposal. Oh, <laughs> wow.
1: I mean, it's, yes, that, That's so that's what the, the thing is called. That's that wedding proposal, the saddest proposal. Uh, and then it was, like, the other side... It it's
3: said multiple reasons. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, like, it's kind of uh, immortalized for all
1: of society now to know about this. Once it's on the internet, it never so, leaves. Wow. And because Spider-Man has kind of just taken over the club, because everybody's been super excited about it, uh, they also have, some Some have found, like, the World Trade Center Easter eggs. So there are really interesting Easter eggs, excuse me, in the, in the game. And one of them is the World Trade Center. So you go over to where Ground Zero would be. And when you're climbing up some of the buildings, there's a reflection in the building of the Twin Towers. And then when you look to where the, where the reflection should be, there's no Twin Towers. It's just ground zero and everything. Cool. And so that was some of them. There's a couple of others that I saw. Not so much Easter eggs as it is like you go onto one side of the window and it's like an office, but you go onto the other side and it's like home. <laughs> so there's a home. So there's a couple of interesting things that they did there. And one more person was saying that, they recorded the dialogue twice. One for if he's swinging, it sounds like he's actually putting an effort to talk because he's mm-hmm. swinging. And if he's on the ground, then it's just kind of normal speak. It's really cool. Yeah, yeah. so it's been I've so seen cool. some
2: interesting tools that uh, some of our audio guys upstairs have been doing to like take uh, take our dialogue and then modify it so that it's you know it sounds like if you're in a tunnel, it sounds this way. If you're out in the open, it sounds this way. So and so. I don't think we've done. This separate dialogue for like exhausting uh, for kind of ex- uh, exertion mm-hmm. right mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> and then uh the last thing that we sort of talked about on, on like friday because I, I now squish the days together at this point uh but the last thing we sort of talked about is um what well we always do that well, what are you working on what are you playing everybody was going around the table and i was just airing my grievances about horizon zero dot <laughs> um so i've got a lot of grievances with it i like what they're trying to do i enjoy like, some of the game but the parts that everybody heralds as like amazing disagree with hardcore and I, I trey you i
3: feel the same way i had a lot of like high hope playing the game
1: and I love the game mm-hmm. part of it, the mechanics of it, the world building. I like all that stuff. But anytime
3: a character is forced to like speak or be a character, I was just, like, I completely lost interest. I was yeah. like,
1: I'm, I'm, yeah, I so, just don't care. Yeah. So Alloy is Alloy is supposed to be. We're gonna very briefly. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna
2: hear these. Here yeah. The
1: so Alloy is a strong. Is Harold is a strong female protagonist, right? But she's very, for me, she's either very whiny or she's just kind of on a high horse the entire time, um, for me at least, right? But you also have to remember that she is designed to be the player character and therefore she's not supposed to have a lot of substance because you should be able to put yourself in her shoes. That's how that should work. It's not how it always comes off. Then they try to get away with this. There is still damsels in distress. And we are, game is supposed to be hosting these very strong female characters, but I'm spending half my time rescuing nothing but women in the game. I have a huge problem with that, especially the strongest female that they say I'm supposed to be running into. By the time I get to her, spoiler alert, she's already dead. I'm there, I get there long enough to hear her last words and for her to tell me about the villain that's going to attack a city, and that is it. And I was, I got spent, told like, for like, three, four, five minutes about how amazing and strong this woman is, and then, boom, she's dead. And so there's, it's just this continuous thing. There's still damsels, but they try to get away with it because they say that they have, it's a woman rescuing a woman. That's not the case. It doesn't change the trope just because you have a woman rescuing a woman. Uh, the only real thing that I enjoyed about it, yes, the world building is really good. There are some characters that I really connect with, like uh, uh, Olin. Olin, yeah so, so long at this point. Olin is one of one of the guys whose family gets kidnapped and at first you want to really hate him but as you start to oh. unravel <laughs> his story you realize that he didn't really have a choice it was either he go against and his family dies or he ch- tries to rescue his family and so his story was really nice the the story of Aaron was really good the story of the Sun King seems interesting but I haven't unraveled all of it so there's a lot of things in there that I really enjoyed, but there's still so much of it that it failed in in just trying to produce strong female characters. In my opinion, because really, in all honesty, you can remove Aloy from the game, put a male character in there, and it's still the same game. And that's that's when when your game fails. Michael's like thinking about it. Mm, thinking I mean, about it. I think uh, as far as the. Uh, you get four people in here, man! This place is
2: fire. <laughs> uh, I definitely agree that they haven't they haven't necessarily fixed their their uh, problems with, with female tropes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as as Ray was saying, the thing that is most amazing about that game to me is the world building, mm-hmm. right? How they make everything connected to every little piece you find is connected to that that world building, mm-hmm. and that's what kept my interest rolling in that game. Uh, I suppose what you're saying is is true. You, if you if you can swap out male and female character and it's essentially the same game, like that is that is definitely problematic. But at the same time, it's also good to have uh,
3: lead female characters. When...
1: Oh yeah, no doubt. Well, that is. But there's better ways of, of the doing.
3: it. right? Yeah, like if that's great. the goal, is to to be able to interchangeably, like a woman could do this just as well as a male character could. Mm-hmm. If that's your goal, then in that regard, that's kind of a success. Now. Yeah, what you're saying is, if every single person that needs rescuing is, is a female, then yeah, that's playing into another trope. That yeah, didn't bother me so yes. much because in this in this world that they've created, like if they only really have like what they're basing it on, like a prehistorical type society to go mm-hmm. off of, well then your main character, the female, is like completely against the grain of what you would expect in a male dominated. Society for them to not be able to. Oh, of course, all the women need helping, except for our heroine, mm-hmm. who's better and stronger than the rest. That's yeah. fine, but I just thought this just, just reminded a story. me of another so... of
1: another part of the trip. Yeah. Like this, this is probably the one time that I actually like what they did. um So the Sun King, and we're this is we're going to leave it off because we still have a lot more to get through. But the Sun King uh, once. He, he's in love with the lady that you that you try to go rescue who ultimately dies anyways. He's supposed to be the strong badass. I'm completely blanking
0: on this.
1: Thing. Yeah, so he, may be part of the problem. When, when you go to talk to him afterwards, he asks you, he's like, he he he's sort of fallen in love with you and he asks you to kind of stay by his side, right? Now you give a couple of options in there to choose and there's like, you can choose the intelligence, the heart or whatever. I chose the intelligence because I was like, Really, I'm just a replacement, and that's what I felt like for him. And she she says the exact same thing that I was thinking, and I was like, oh, I really like that. I really enjoy that she came out and was like, whoa now. Like, you don't love me. You love this person, and I just happen to embody the same character traits as her. And so that's why now you're having feelings for me. You really need to think yourself through before because you're not done grieving and that was really awesome i enjoy that part because so often they're just like i'm in love with you and the character replies back with like i find you attractive too maybe there's a thing and then they just kind of leave it yeah, there yeah. and then the game continues so, on
2: but you touched on something that really frustrated me about the game which was those multiple choice moments they, so like thinking mode or the yeah, anger mode or they don't
1: really mean much they had like zero
2: impact on the game they would change a cutscene slightly and mm-hmm. that was
1: it. like Mm-hmm. And they happen
2: like three or four times. In the uh, yeah, in the there's world.
1: yeah, it's just it felt unnecessary. It was unnecessary. It was just like it was interesting with what they were trying to do, but I, it I felt agreed. like, hey,
2: uh, focus testing shows that this cutscene is way too long. We need to keep player engaged. Add a multiple choice there. <laughs> Yeah, okay, as sure. if you don't. Player engaged. Yeah, <laughs> as, as if you're not
1: fighting enough monsters, like crazy looking monsters, and trying to figure them out. Like the. I mean, that, that game was, is definitely
2: guilty of some really long
1: cutscenes. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so leaving that, we're gonna go into. Well, normally this is a point where we'd introduce our guests, and our guest today is Trey, because Trey was actually able to make it here. For those that are just joining, if this is your very first time ever hearing us. Trey is actually the guy who edits our podcasts. He's finally able to make it here. We're super excited to have him. But before we get into meeting Trey, let's go into our shout-outs. As always, thank you to Trey. <laughs> One for driving three hours up here to, to be with us and for also being so awesome and keeping our podcast sounding amazing. We were just talking downstairs about like the difficulties of it, and we'll get a little bit more into it in, in, this, in the guest section. Uh, then, as always, thank you to Nerdvana for allowing us to continue to do our podcast here. Yeah. We are in episode thirty-two. That's yeah, that's
2: pretty wow. good. that's uh, yeah. that's over half a year. What is that? I mean,
1: know yeah. You think I would know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we're in episode 30, 32. And we couldn't do we couldn't really do this without everybody that's involved. Uh, and speaking of everybody involved, Anwar, who also just released the game Solar. Oh, I want to that's say. awesome. So awesome, let yeah, so On just released oh, a game. Sorry. It's either in beta or it's in process of doing something oh, awesome. it's sharp. Looks so, real
0: sharp. Solar Purge or something.
1: Solar Purge. Yes. You are right. Solar Purge. It's it's going to be released next year, 2019, but I think they're releasing the beta or the alpha or something like that for people to check out. So head over there to Steampowered, store.steampowered.com solar purge to try it out and we also have one more member that put something out and I kind of wanted to give him a shout out because he's been super cool we our our club is not mandatory you don't have to attend and when I first met him it was just kind of like by the way we have this coffee club you happen to work in the building too that we're that we're in And he started showing up. And since then, he's been a consistent member, a consistent regular, like we put him in the regular category now. And so it's been really cool to have him. And he just released a single. So shout out to Matt. He just released his single, Wondermine Cage. And it's actually really into it. Really, really nice to listen to. So go check that out. I found it on Google, Google Music, but you can download it on Spotify or anything, any other music platform out there. So boom. And speaking of music and sound and all things related to that, we have two composers here, Daniel and Trey. So Trey is our guest. Daniel is the host. <laughs> I'm going to say that as many times as I can. So go. Ahead, let's go ahead and meet our guests. Hi, Trey. Well, hi. <laughs> so, we What
3: would you like to talk about? <laughs> you said you drove three hours. Where's from? Man? I am from Shreveport, Louisiana. Oh, okay. So just due east of here, three hours. And wow. So since that's where home and family and everything is when we're between transitions from my day job, we tend to stop there and see family and stay with the in-laws and all that. Excellent. So we're transitioning from western Colorado to Austin, Texas. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah. So, so you're still on your move then? Oh yeah, I still on the move because I'm still looking for a full time job. Gotcha. Yeah. It's just Austin's tough market for therapy. Which has nothing to do with audio, but that's what I do full time as is- physical. Is-
1: Oh really? Well, that was going to be my next question. What is it that you actually do, and and how do you keep keep your music side or your your that side of the of your life going?
3: I, there's about 18 hours in the day that I work, and it gets divided fairly evenly between wow. <laughs> between work, audio work, and my life. So that's kind of every day. So, but yeah, I'm a I'm a physical therapy assistant, which is like a physical therapist, but I was too lazy to go back to uh, college to get another bachelor's degree to go to physical therapy school. So I ducked out of all the responsibility for about 80% of the pay,
1: but no real responsibility. So that's a uh, full-time job. And then audio and music all the rest of the time. And how do you usually, do? You, are you just like open for commission? Do people just oh, yeah. come to you? Or
3: Yeah, I get emails and blow up the Instagram <laughs> trying to scare up business, but yeah, I do. Uh, Most of my work recently has been on the mixing, mastering and production phase of bands and other people who get in touch with me for that through the YouTube channel or some of the other places that they can find me for music production. And then um, being on the road and uh, not having a central hub, like when I was in Dallas Mm -hmm. to uh, go to meetups and meet people and meet game, game devs and artists and everybody else who needs music. It's hard to do that when you're living in the mountains, three hours from anywhere. Mm-hmm. You still have to go to work every day in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And so without community, and I'm not much of an online talker type, I like to person to person speak to people. So I don't get on tick source or anything and try to, you know, hound people and see if they need music. Because frankly, that's really annoying. <laughs> it'd be really <laughs> annoying if someone did that to me. So I'd rather go places and be there in person. So hopefully a move to Austin will we'll get me oh, back into games. Mm-hmm since I've transitioned from games to more mainstream music at the moment.
1: Are there any games that you're able to talk on that we can go hear some of your work in? Um,
3: well, I can talk about a bunch of things that were never released, because you know how that works with
1: yeah, the... Yeah, yeah, no, I got, I got but you. Yeah, yeah. But
3: yeah, but no, nothing anyone's ever heard of. A whole mm-hmm. lot of game jams, a whole lot of unreleased um, startup projects that get rolling, and then funding crashes, or people get bored with what they're doing, mm-hmm. and... Uh, but no, nothing, nothing that's outside of NDA that would actually be released. That right,
1: right.
3: I mean, those ones that have fallen through, you feel like you could,
2: uh, you could dredge those up and release that music type of
1: thing.
3: Well, if I wanted to, yeah, probably. But now, uh, I'll, I I'll just be feel like the music out there would get you more opportunity right. To more game music, right. Well, I do a lot of a lot of that, but I, man, the old stuff is just not quite as up to snuff as the <laughs> new stuff. Yeah. So you kind of. Oh, yeah, here's this other thing. So until I'm like collecting millions, <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, you want to hear the unreleased, free, fame B-sides?" <laughs> 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 but no. <laughs> no, but most of what I do, most of what I do with game games now is I'm heavily involved with the Materia Collective. Do you guys know what that I, is I've right heard all. but I'm not as <laughs> familiar. Well, they are now. Congratulations, Sebastian! If you ever listen to this, they're now the largest game music related label awesome. by, in the world by but in terms of volume and uh it started as a few people just wanted to rearrange and remix uh the final fantasy 7 soundtrack and so that's what they did and they released it and i heard it and i was like oh my god this is awesome all these people are insanely talented so i just got in touch with them and ever since then i've been heavily involved with them and they we put out remix albums and stuff periodically like it's kind of like overclocked remix yeah, yeah I'm sure you guys have heard of that same kind of thing just um different but same same idea And they put it out like albums at a time there's several there's several that are in production now the last one that was released was a Undertale I think oh, nice. Undertale is released there's a Fez
2: one two three there's three Final Fantasy ones there, there's tons of these so things. the like the Fez one uh, Disaster Beast did their original stuff, mm-hmm.
3: right so did Materia Collective then like, work with Disaster Peace to take their music and then remix it? I can't like speak that. to whether they did it directly. Okay. Uh, but once something is released in the U.S., the way copyright law kind of works is if it's released in this country, you can pay a license to use that music however you want if it's within the license's legal ability. So they'll like his soundtrack is out there. So if they want to remake the soundtrack, they just remake it, rec- they cover everything, go to release it and then pay a mechanical license for each time that gotcha. it's, like, played. So if I go stream one of those songs, like, Disasterpiece will get two cents per stream, or whatever the going rate is. And so he's still getting paid for the use of this stuff. I can't speak to whether he was directly involved or not. Sometimes that goes that way with us. But, other times, like, Toby Fox was directly involved in the mm. Undertale one. Gotcha. Um, gotcha. And he released his soundtrack directly on the material stuff, so... I didn't know that. That's cool. So I would encourage anybody who's listening to this to go look up Materia Collective. I uh, actually will. It's, it's, yeah. it's awesome. It's uh, well, that, that was actually going
1: to... So if that's a little segue into one of the questions that we're going to ask. Is like, what are your biggest inspirations? Why did you get involved with music or, or games in this capacity? Man. I have
3: just been playing games since there were games to play. Mm-hmm. Like, when... Like I was... Born and like one of my first memories is like playing Duck Hunt with Dad. Like, is it the, uh, the NES? I mean, we had a twenty six hundred, and then the NES and yeah, in the NES came out. And it was like Duck Hunt, Mario, like yeah, Kirby, 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 yeah, hey, all yeah. that stuff. And so ever since, this, it's just been games, and I just I just love games. And so it never even I've been involved in music as a professional guitarist for like twenty years and have never even had the thought. And then um, all of a sudden was seeing and meeting people who were just like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> like, it's I never even thought about, like, doing music with games. You just, it's just always there when you play the game, play the game, and it was like in one ear and out the other. Except that all of a sudden you turn the game off and you're still, I mean, you got to know what I'm talking about. You just listen to, yeah, oh, it's, it's like, not. oh, I know, I know that song. Know that song that's stuck in your head. And so it was something like, I want to be able to, like have something out there somewhere. Even if it's just like, I made an explosion sound effect or I wrote this melody or I made their song sound better before it went to production. Just to be involved in something that touches people. like guess that it, it's huge. Video game music has now overtaken classical music in terms of instrumental, like listens and revenue and all of it's finally got to that point. Wow. And that video games and movies are the only way that most young people even Get exposure to instrumental music anymore. So to be involved in the process of affecting kids and inspiring people to really pay attention to how emotions are impacted by music is yeah, it's been, such you know, a critical, critical part of tone. Absolutely.
1: Uh, I didn't even think about that. Like now that now that I'm thinking back, like the majority of the music that is like poppy or hip hop or something something inspired by that, um, I I listen to a lot of Korean pop. So so I kind of, like, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, the only time that I can listen to anything, like, unless I'm going to an orchestra and I'm going out of my way to find, like, really old orchestral pieces, like, I don't even hear them without Mm -hmm. without some words in there, so.
3: Yeah, TV and video games have done a really good job of keeping that medium alive, because even though people say, I don't listen to that stuff, your brain does, and when you're watching movies and stuff, you're like... Like Hans the reason Hans Zimmer keeps in work is that it's just like he knows exactly what to pump into your heart and your brain to make you go, this movie's awesome. <laughs> so <laughs> like, is
1: is there a a piece when like if you're when you get down or or something along those lines that you constantly go back to and say this is this is the 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 piece that I love the most? Uh anything like that?
3: Uh the entire chrono trigger soundtrack. Oh, nice. From first note to last note. Mm. Constantly, but like, it's the best. It's <laughs> the best. It's absolutely the best. <laughs> oh yeah, awesome. that, yeah, that's fantastic. That's <laughs> great. Hands down, my favorite game. Hands down, as far as I'm concerned, the best technical game that's ever been made, and just the best score. All right, follow absolutely. up Chrono Cross. Yeah, huge fan. Amazing. Second best soundtrack ever. All right, and uh just I love the game. I know it's not for everybody. Yeah, the instrument
0: quality in
2: Chrono Cross blows
3: up. for a PS One game, game. Are you kidding? Yeah. So, well, so, PS One had uh,
2: their discs had like a separate layer specifically for their music, mm-hmm. so you can you could still take a uh, PS One discs, put them in a CD player, and play the soundtrack from games. That's awesome you've never actually tried to put a ps1
1: disc i'm in gonna game try because i found some of my old spyro discs <laughs>
3: no, they, they were really concerned about audio quality in the ps1 area and they did the damn good job well, it made a difference like games like metal gear solid mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. anything that was a major ps1 player would be the same without the score yeah. like go try to just play a game on mute and like oh yes seven with
2: no music right?
3: it's yeah. not the same thing
2: yeah, so. just watching the text scroller, you're like, oh, but then that music pumps into you, and you're like, this is
1: impactful, even That's though I'm just right.
2: watching two characters just stand there, and, you know, me me.
3: jump and move a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so,
1: Trey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring it back real quick. Can you tell me, what are some of the difficulties that you normally, that you sometimes run into? Like, we were talking, before, the pod, before we started recording, we were talking about, like, here, one of our difficulties is we ran out of space on our drive. Because yeah. all of our episodes, all thirty-one, almost thirty-two, like I think that we had to use my personal one for episode thirty-one because we'd ran entirely out of space on our on our drive. What are some other issues that you sort of run into, as like equipment or, or?
3: With equipment, not really, because I do everything in the box, and by that I mean on the computer, okay. as opposed to like I don't have any major hardware setups. I can't, like, <laughs> I can't travel around the country for work work and mm-hmm. bring a whole mixing desk with me it just doesn't work like that um but I will say that my friend over here <laughs> the, that server causes a lot of distress for me for the first like I don't know 30 seconds or so I've got it figured out now but removing room noises uh while not an impossible task like I have to stack two or three of those those mm-hmm. things on top of each other to try to get all the the hub out of the room. Yeah, this is a nice space, but it, it could definitely use some touching up. It, it's a nice space. I'm actually, now that I'm here in it, I'm kind of like, this is just not what I imagined. It's very nice. And the yeah. view view's nice too. But, oh, well you
1: got the coffee side on one side and then the dinner side on the other.
3: Yeah, for, so for people who can't see, like there's like four, four full-size windows that make a bay window and you can see the whole coffee shop and the games and people, you can totally voyeur on people eating their breakfast. <laughs> it's pretty nice. <laughs> But no, in terms of difficulty, difficulty, a lot of times because of our, our cheapness, which is good, you work with the tools you got. But with the one, the one central microphone, sometimes you have to do some manipulating to make sure that one person who is a little further away or not close enough or speaks lower, like I'm kind of terrified of myself in today's mm-hmm. regard because I've got a lower tone voice, doesn't always necessarily get the same kind of attention as... Gotcha. Anybody who may be louder, higher-pitched, and our ears are just built that way. You know, like, if you were out in the wild, like, were you more likely to hear, like, a, a rumble of, like, a tree starting to fall or, like, a screaming animal? If you're going to hear the screaming animal, your ears have just evolved in that way. So if you're louder or closer or higher-pitched, you know, someone like like me and Daniel were way, way away from the mic, we may get left in the dust. So um, that's really the biggest thing. And uh, it's been a fairly... Like every episode gets easier and better and better, so it's it's come a long way since the very first time we tried to do this. It's it's fun.
1: So, so revisiting back, you said you do a lot of your stuff on the box because you travel around a lot. Do you find that that makes it difficult or easier for you to do music or Um, your thing? It depends on which aspect. Mm -hmm. Easier in like ninety percent of the regards.
3: If I was somewhere and a band found me and they needed to record drums, well, then you're running into a major problem. But for anyone sending me files and say, hey, mix this, master this, fix this, easy. I don't have to bring anything. I'm a big proponent of, like I said, use the tools you have. If you yeah. can overcome any <laughs> small time limitations like, and learn the skill and not just rely on a bunch of fancy, heavy-duty equipment, it's your life is so much easier later because if you buy heavy, fancy equipment you know what to do with it as opposed to just hope that it saves your butt because you didn't have the skill to fix it so i i believe in it and and working on Uh, on tiny things it helps
1: i love that and not being caught up in small time limitations. I love that. Ooh, excuse me. Wow.
3: Edit that out. Hey, Adrian, <laughs> right. <Eat> that out. <laughs> yeah. You guys have been
1: listening?
3: to your ducks
0: now.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. are we?
3: Yeah. Oh, right. Using duck quacks instead
1: of <laughs> <laughs> <young> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So, but I, I love that because that is kind of the thing that you run into so just when cussing
0: streaks. <laughs> <laughs> just for the quacks.
1: Ah, oh, jeez. So I, I love that because it's it's one of the things that a lot of people like. For for when I was first getting into game writing, I got very caught up in that small time limitation thing. Like if I didn't have a team, I couldn't do a story, right? That that's what I got kind of caught up in. But there's a lot of tools out there for you to use that are fairly inexpensive for for people to get into. It's just. You have to remember that there's a learning curve. You Mm -hmm. have to be willing to go into that learning curve. So do you have any sort of advice that you give to people regularly if they come to you and go, I want to do what you do. How do I do it? Do you tell them any tools, give them any hints on where they should go?
3: The advice I give people who want to try to work in to get at least gigs for games. I won't say work in games because Mm -hmm. I'm obviously not a great example as I'm not currently doing any game work um but from when it was game work the best advice i can give is one go make friends don't go out trying to get a gig so when you go to like the drink up like when like when i was here and i used to go you go and try to talk to people make friends that's how i met uh, david and kevin and all associations and uh, making friends is the best way to go because then they're more likely to call on you the person they know that does the thing instead of we need a guy to do the thing um Well, I'm glad that this guy just randomly came up and asked me about it the other night. So I guess I'll call this guy I've never met as opposed to, oh, I know Steve. He does the audio. I've heard his work and he comes to the stuff. We've seen him around. Let's give Steve a call. And it works a lot better that way. In terms of advice, I would give people who are getting into just production in general. Don't you have a
0: web series you can play?
3: I do have a web series. If you want to learn more about what I do and how you do can do what I do, mm-hmm. I'd head over to youtube.com slash mixes or traymixes.com. But if that doesn't interest you and you don't want to put in that kind of time, there's millions of other resources that can help get you what you want. But, I mean, you have to put in the time to work to get better, but that's not as important as consistency. So, like, you could spend 12 hours one day working on, I'm going to learn how to use a compressor. But 12 hours in one day is insanely less effective than 15 minutes a day or five minutes a day. And avoiding burnout is key, especially if it's not paying your bills and you still have to pay your bills yeah, until right, you can right. do something else. you like, oh my God, it's getting me nowhere. And I'm spending 12 hours a day learning how to use a compressor. You're, you're mismanaging your time very
4: poorly. Um, and, and be okay. Yeah, be, be okay with sucking. <laughs> like it's
3: okay cuz no one just started good at something or good at the very first thing that i ever wrote or produced or mixed it's garbage <laughs> I, I completely compared, agree yeah. With that yeah you have to be it's it's part of it and anyone who's like goes to something it's like oh i can't do that job well you can just maybe not today you know and that's that's something that too many people in this age of instant gratification like deferred gratification is key for learning skill mm mm-hmm. So many people quit
0: mm-hmm. before just finishing a thing because the quality is not what they heard on the radio. It's yeah, like,
3: just yeah. finish it. Just It doesn't matter if it's bad. Just finish the thing, then do the next thing. And that's absolutely key. It's I say that on a lot of videos. It's like, just finish. If you just pump out stuff, like if I get on Reddit and someone asks advice, like they're like, how do I get better at this? Don't worry about that. Finish your thing. And then the next thing, finish it. Yeah, the next thing, finish it. And each time, if you don't notice that you're getting better just naturally by doing more, then say, I don't like the way this drum sounds. I'm going to figure out why this drum sounds bad. and Focus on just the drum, then finish it. And the very next thing, oh, that drum sounds better and I didn't have to think about it this time. So stick to it, you know, finish. So how do you
2: decide when a piece is finished and you're ready to move on because at least in the world of animation you know i can continue to make tweets and tweets and tweets and tweets and polish and polish and polish but at what at what point at what is point it just that i'm polishing a turd and i need to move on to right. the next one? right <laughs> <laughs> yeah we just had this discussion me and somebody how do you know
3: it's like i i don't know i could do the same thing you can oh turn up this guitar like half a decibel like someone can hear that yeah I, i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna remove a third of a decibel of like 4.5k off the symbol and it's <laughs> like oh yeah and the next guy's gonna listen to that and go man that symbol was trash until he removed that third of a decibel of it yeah, no like people don't think like that and people need to remember that you listen to a thing in my world or you watch an animation you listen to it and you're like okay that bothers me i can't live without that being fixed fix it watch it again listen to it again i don't hear it okay but i hear this and then you fix that and then as soon as you can listen to it and just not overthink it, and it's done. Just you're done. Move on. Someone else will give you feedback and tell you if it <laughs> sucks. <laughs>
1: Man, that's okay, that's a really hard question. Oh, great answer. <laughs> great answer because that's not a that's not something that we that we hear a lot. A lot of people are like, you stop when you hate it, <laughs> when you get to the point that you absolutely hate it, and you're just like, I can't do this anymore. That's when you're done. Because some people say like the greatest art isn't like finished masterpieces. It's what's been abandoned because it was, it just got to a point where they're like, I can't do this anymore. It's as good as it's going to get, right? Uh, for, for like one of the things that I've had to deal with is I, I published my novella in 2013. I haven't been able to move on since, right? But I took, I, I think, I started thinking a lot like you did, uh, like what you did. That's where I was then, here's where I am now. And there's, there's so much growth in between then and, and, and where where I was then and where I am now that I'm a lot that it's a lot easier for me to go back and go, I can live with the one page that I absolutely hated in that story. Cause I was re- very prepared this year to go and rewrite the entire thing, all 63, 80, whatever pages, depending on which platform you're looking at. So yes, to that, to that regard, looking at it and going, This is where I'm good, this is where I'm at now, I'm gonna get be better the next time in doing that process. Um so thank you so much, Trey. Tell us, where can we go listen to your stuff?
3: Okay, it's going to be a list. We'll put it in the show notes, too. (laughs) (laughs) You can look for me anywhere, any major distribution platform like Spotify or iTunes as Trey Hodge. You can go to TreyMixes.com for audio production. You can link to the YouTube channel from there. You can also find game-related stuff at DynaFusionStudios.com. I'll spell the start of that, D-Y-N-A, like dynamic, DynaFusionStudios.com. And there's some music and sound effects and implementation on there. And I don't know, there's probably plenty of links all over the place. If you can find one of those, you can find links to elsewhere. Mm-hmm. So, And I want to say thank you very much for the, uh, the Discord group for allowing me to throw up random videos on the uh, shameless shameless plug that's right it's there and, uh, I, well i appreciate the word shameless being in there because if it weren't i'd probably avoid it <laughs> uh, definitely, definitely check out the youtube channel though as a fellow composer that
0: is a resource that i use um
3: well, that's so, good to know. A, lot of, a lot of great information there. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. keep those coming every week that's ah. all i'll be doing tomorrow make another video
1: Cool. And you've used our podcast once or mm-hmm. twice as a, like an example of how to improve.
3: It makes for really good, like, if you just want a real simple, hey, this is how you make something louder. It makes for real good to, hey, we pull up the podcast, and here's this bumper, and it's not the right thing. Slam it, boom, we're good. So Hopefully someone watching will learn how to fix their podcast.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you again for coming in the three-hour drive. So if you want to join us, you can follow us or join us on VGCC our Facebook group VGOCC the discord and we also do have a meetup.com group which is again video game open coffee club or VGOCC you can also if you are like Trey and decide you want that physical connection with people you can join us at one of our two coffee clubs Whole Foods and Renner Road on Thursdays Friday here at Nirvana both clubs start at 8 a.m. Great seeing you guys. Well, great having you. (laughs) Great seeing you. Great seeing you. And you all have a great day. Be
0: careful with the uh, physical connection thing, though. Somebody mistook our meetup as a dating Oh
1: situation. my gosh! Yeah. Oh, did they
0: for real? Yeah. They, yeah. they commented on the meetup like, "Hey, I'm looking for a nice, sweet lady who likes romantic walks and just wants to get to know me." I just,
1: his trolls just call this Charles and live with my life. <laughs> Please yeah. blow up my
0: inbox or something <laughs> like that. Oh my gosh, yeah, sounds like a troll. I just commented. I'm like, "Is that Kevin?"
1: Well. Don't be that guy. Don't be that guy. Check you later.